You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 107 with Lindsay Young. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm so excited to have Lindsay Young on the show today. I wanted to have her on because I know it's so easy that once Halloween hits, we just throw everything out the window when it comes to our eating and our exercise routine. And we just think, you know what? We'll just deal with that January one. So I'm here to kind of give you a little bit of a challenge. No, totally not a challenge. I'm just joking. I think people hear challenge and they're like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. But I do want to inspire you to not gain that holiday weight gain that is so easy to happen from Halloween to the new year. So Lindsay's coming on the show today to give us five simple steps on how to do that. So I hope you guys feel encouraged that you can keep your weight Maybe maybe maintain it. Like that would be the goal, right? And also just feel really good about yourself and not just feel like you're in a sugar slump or you're carb loading and you just feel so out of it. I, I want you guys to get to January 1 feeling amazing. So if you are up for this, then this show is for you. Let's go to the show. Hey, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker on travel. I'm a travel agent. And so I have been enjoying picking everyone's brain about where their favorite vacation spot is and why. And this can be with or without kids. Ooh, okay. So my husband and I, for our honeymoon years ago, we went to Kauai. And that was hands down the best vacation I've ever taken, of course. You know, amazing, beautiful. We didn't have kids with us, so... Um, when I, you know, look back over my life that for sure to this point has been the favorite vacation that we've ever taken. But, um, thinking with kids last year, my oldest turned 10. And when we were asking him what he wanted for his birthday, he was asking for all of these, um, like U S history books. And he's super mm, into U S history. Wow. Yeah. And my husband and I were thinking, we're like, okay, are we really going to buy him like more books and more, you know, things or what if we took this opportunity to take him on a trip and actually go like learn about U.S. history? So I took him for his 10th birthday. The two of us went on a trip to Washington, D.C. and spent five days there, just the two of us. And it was so fun. It was so wonderful to get that one-on-one time with him, which I feel like now that I have three kids, we don't yeah. get that time right. mm-hmm. um, that often. And it was like, it was so special. It was one of the best weeks of my life to have that time with him and to do all that stuff. So, yeah. I love that. And I do feel like the more children you have, the more I think you kind of have to try to carve that out, even if it's not a trip, because I realize not everybody can afford that. But even just taking your child out to a a, a restaurant, you know, even if it's Chick-fil-A once a month so that you have that time, you know, with, with that child individually. And so I think that's great when you can actually afford a vacation and go do something. Um, He's your Mm -hmm. oldest, right? He is, yeah. Okay, so now have you set the precedence that every 10th birthday for the other two that you're going to have to go do something? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that, and I think it would be cool, you know, and to not just make it like a fun beach vacation, but really make it a trip that they put some thought into and that we get to plan together and, you know, maybe make it a little educational. Yeah, no, I really do love that, and I think that's fun, and so... Because we'll jump into how many kids you have, but you have three. Um, and so with that, how did you figure out that you were the one who was going to go versus your husband? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm a little bit more of the planner. So I mm. think, you know, I, I enjoy planning trips and doing stuff like that, you know, some of the detail oriented stuff. And it was just kind of, I don't know, when we were talking about it and what was going on with my husband and his job at the time, it just made a lot more sense for me to take, to be the one to leave town. It's always hard. You know how it It is. is. Especially when you're leaving other kids behind. Yeah. (laughs) I would be, I would be thinking, wait, who's going to watch my youngest if I did leave? Because I would still have to figure that out with who is watching. So who watched your youngest? We, it just, I mean, it took a village. We do not live close to family at all. Me neither. Yeah. So I understand. Yep. Yeah. So everybody so kind of came was, together to make it happen. Totally. And my husband took, it. you know, just, just kind of shorter work days so yeah. he could do some of the, yep. you know, some of the dropping off. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, we just we just made it happen because, I love it. you know, like yeah. you talk about all the time, like we mm-hmm. only have so many years with our kids. Yes. And, um, so we, we just were like, OK, we just got to make it happen. No, I, I, I love that. Yeah. I always joke with Todd. I'm like, you know 
if you ever have to leave to go on a business trip or something, I'm like, it life just happens. It just keeps going. If I had to think about leaving, it's like a whole different like like thought process of like, okay, what are all the logistics? Because I am able to get the kids and, you know, be here and take them to gymnastics. But if I were to leave, it really changes up everything versus if he were to leave, it's just it's kind of, it almost feels very similar. So, so I can only imagine like, um, you needing like everyone to kind of chip in and, and kind of help, but that's awesome. And I think that's fun to, you know, inspire other people to kind of do trips, um, you know, by themselves with their kids and stuff like that. And, and I have thought about that, or even just thinking about my husband taking both of the girls or one of the girls, even camping, you know, just keeping it, you know, simple or not as expensive. So that's exciting. That's I'm glad you shared both of those. And Kauai does sound amazing. And mm-hmm. we haven't oh been God. to that island. So yeah, yeah, we've been to Maui, but not Kauai. All right. Well, we're going to jump in the show because I could talk to you about travel all the time. Um, <laughs> and that's not what this episode is about. But um, how about you tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, your name, um, you have three kids, um, but where are you from? And how did you get to where you are today? So yeah, so I'm Lindsay Young, and um, we have three children. We have Corbin, he's 10, Layton, she is six, and Hudson is three. So we've got like a good span there. Um, and then we live uh, just outside of Pasadena in Southern California. So if you've ever watched on New Year's Day, the Rose Parade, we're always mm. there at that parade every year. That's like our little, you know, Pasadena claim to fame with the Rose Bowl and yes. all of that. I love it. Um, And so I am a holistic nutritionist and I also work in fitness. I'm a personal trainer also. And um, I think, you know, like most people who wind up in that field, it's because they've had their own journey and kind of transformation through that. Um, I could talk all day about this and I will not, but, you know, I definitely (laughs) grew up in, um, you know, I had two working parents who, you know, I grew up in, you know, the 80s and the 90s where, you know, processed food was really becoming mainstream. And I grew up on Schwann's pizzas and oh, Taco Schwann's. Bell. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and just did not, um, you know, I, I totally think that my parents were doing the best they could at the time with it, you know, with what they had available. Um, but I was, um, you know, I was really overweight as a kid and really struggled with self-confidence and with my health all growing up. So when I hit college, um, I really just kind of developed this love and interest for kind of how we could um, use science and information to affect our bodies. I got really into nutrition and really into fitness. Um, And then, of course, like being in your early 20s, it was all about aesthetics, right? Like I just thought it was super cool that you could use these tools to really impact the way that you look and felt. And then once I became a mom, um, that's, I think, really when I had this second round of transformation where I really began to understand that the way that you fuel and nourish your body really impacts the way that you're showing up as a mother and the way that you are, you know, like being a breastfeeding mom and thinking about how do I take care of this little baby and realizing, oh my goodness, it's really in the way that I take care of myself. It's the the food that I'm eating and the way that I'm exercising and hydrating and getting sleep and Um, you know, managing self-care, all of those really directly impact the way that I'm a mother and a wife. And that's really when I, when I saw that play out in my own life, I just felt like I could not keep that information to myself. Mm. I had to get out there and spread that word and help other women because I knew that we were all, you know, I look around and we're all struggling with those same thoughts and feelings. And um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where I, how I wound up where I am today. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that you were overweight before and that you had to, you know, get to this um, point in your life because of your own journey. Because sometimes people just are naturally thin and really love this stuff and share it. But I always think that it's easier if, if you actually have gone through the journey to help your clients versus when you haven't and you don't struggle or you haven't struggled with that. But I'm, I'm going to, I wanted to ask you this. What do you feel like finally got you to lose the weight? Like, I mean, I feel like a lot of people could say, oh yeah, I, you know, I know what I should be doing and I know that's like going to make me healthier and stuff like that. But then people still, you know, it's kind of like, oh, but I still love like all this kind of stuff, you know, and I love this food or I love, you know, Cheetos or whatever. Like what, what, what do you feel like made you really turn the corner? You know what? As cliche as it sounds, it was really a slow evolution of my mindset. 
and changing the way I looked at food, not as, you know, a source of pleasure or an escape or a way to kind of numb out, but Mm -hmm. really just slowly over time, changing the way I thought about food and the way I thought about exercise, right? Like I used to really think of exercise as like a form of punishment or kind of a way to like, (laughs) you know, like, oh gosh, I ate that cake today. I I have to run three miles. Yeah. Or just kind of a way to like kind of beat or mold my body into submission. And, you know, when I slowly, and it was not like, it was not an overnight thing. It was not a 30 day thing. And, um, it really was just a slow lifestyle and slowly embracing just one small change at a time. You know, how can I just work on reducing sugar in my diet? How can I work on, you know, getting more real food into my diet, just kind of implementing slow things, um, a little bit at a time. And then also, you know, I can look back, like I had three really rough pregnancies where I, you know, felt terrible and was depressed and gained Mm. a ton of weight and then had to re-lose that weight, you know, gained way more weight than I should have. And, you know, when people are on a weight loss journey, I'm like, girl, like I remember that. I remember that like it happened yesterday because I had to do it multiple times. Yes. Um, You know, and I still, I look back on my life and it's like you said, like you look at someone, I still look at some, you know, these cute little trainers. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like they were probably born loving burpees. And, mm, you know, I hate burpees. And, I, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still like looking back at my life, like I've spent, I spent more years of my life eating pop tarts and captain crunch that I have, you know, drinking green smoothies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I would really say it's just been, um, you know, it's been slow and it's been not just, you know, thinking, Oh, I've got to eat a certain way, but really working on the mindset part of it too. Yeah. Well, and let me ask you this, because obviously you were the oldest when you had your third child. So losing the weight and being the oldest that you had ever been, um, did you find that it was harder to drop that weight than it was with the other two? That's a really good question. I've never thought about that. Um, I think by the third time around, I just knew I could do it because Mm, I had done it already. And I wasn't, I didn't put as much pressure on myself to do it within a certain time frame because I had that mentality of, okay, like it took, you know, nine or 10 months to get like this. It will take nine or 10 months to get back. And I think, I think I had more anxiety with the second. Oh, um, okay. But with the third, I was like, well, you know, here we yeah. go again. Well, I'll you already have the confidence. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, that's what the thing, because I think I've been struggling with the weight that I have gained, but I don't have the confidence that I had before if I had to lose weight before kids, because I haven't lost the weight that I've wanted to after having kids. So then I think somewhere it starts messing with your mind because you, it's, you're like, well, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. And the more weight you have to lose, it's even more daunting. You're kind of like, I don't know, like, how is this ever going to work? So I think that is key when you said you had already done it. So it's like, mm-hmm. you you kind of knew it was possible. So I guess then to reverse this question, was the first time you gained all that weight, losing it, what did that feel? So you, did that feel overwhelming? Or did it, the second one feel more over, overwhelming with, um, e- e- I mean, losing weight? Um, I, I think probably with the second one, I would say it was the most overwhelming because you have that added, there's the added child in the mix, yeah, right? right? Like your you life have is the just time. that much more crazy. Yeah. yeah. You mm-hmm. don't have the time. Um, but yeah, I would say that that second one, that was probably mentally, um, mentally pretty hard. Well, and I'm, uh, th- this is where I think it's very key before we even get into the main thing. And and I know I'm throwing you off by asking these questions, but I, I think it's, it, it's important because when you were talking, I'm like, I, this is part of the things that I think women really struggle with. And, you know, w- what do you think helped you mentally to get past whatever you need to get past with the second one? Like, what do you think clicked for you to finally go, okay, I, either I can do this or, or, um, and, you know, it's possible I did it the first time so I can do this. Like, like what do you feel like changed so that, because I think kind of like what we were talking about, I do think a lot of times, I don't think it's about what plan people are on. I think it's a mental thing, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's a big struggle. I know that's a struggle with me because I feel like, oh, I'll do really good. And then I, I might be eating to cope or I'm stress eating or whatever. Um, so what do you feel like helped you? Or what do you think you realized that you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And and that allowed you to get the weight off the second time. Yeah. uh, Two things immediately come to mind. One is that when I look at kind of the first half of my life, or I was, I'm trying to remember how old I was when I had my second child. I think I was 27. 
So I had tried, you know, so many fad diets, so many, like I had tried all of the things I had tried and failed. I had started and stopped. I had a a lot more evidence when I looked at like my past life, I had so much evidence of my Mm, failures yeah, and I didn't have as much evidence as my success. And I think that's what could totally trip you up mentally. You're like, well, look at you, like, look at all Mm -hmm. these things I've tried and failed. Right. Um, So one big shift that I had to make was setting the bar very low low and really keeping track of these mini successes that I had so I could rebuild that belief in myself Mm. because I had to believe that I could succeed. So I made my goals smaller. So it wasn't the goal of losing 20 or 30 pounds. It was the goal of, can I drink X number of ounces of water in a day? Can Mm -hmm. I just exercise for 20 minutes every day? I just set the bar much lower. And then I was able to just like build this huge stack of evidence. Like, but look at all these things I have succeeded in. Mm -hmm. And then those little tiny things really slowly started to add up. Yeah, I love that. No, and I do think that's key. Um, I'm drinking um, a lot of water lately, and I've been doing it since the beginning of July. And I I drink water anyways, but um, I set a bigger goal. And so, but sometimes it's easy to think like that's so little because obviously I haven't lost weight just drinking water. So you Mm -hmm. have to, you know, that's where I think you're saying like you have to keep adding in the small things and then it will all eventually add up. So I think that's great. Um, So the reason, so I'm going to start like the whole reason why I wanted to bring you on the show is because, you know, I finally realized that Halloween marks the beginning of just throwing, you know, throwing in the towel for eating for so many people, especially moms. And so like, I hear so many moms say, oh, I had so much Halloween candy. Oh, I need to get it out of the house. And then it gets closer to Thanksgiving. And then you think, oh, well, I can't turn the ship around now because, you know, I have a Christmas party here or, you know, a a Christmas work party there. And, you know, and then all these things just merge into one. And so it's easy just to throw your hands up in the air and just deal with the consequences January 1, right? So I wanted to help my listeners avoid this, you know, from even happening um, and starting at Halloween. So, um, and and this is good because, you know, you're talking about like having small steps and stuff like that. So what what is your thoughts though on this whole time frame that it becomes so easy just to say, oh, well, let's just give it up, even though it's 60 days that you're saying, let's just chalk it up. So, so what's your thoughts and what have you learned with your clients and stuff like that around this time frame? Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because I remember last year hearing someone say, having someone walk into the gym and I just overheard this conversation and it was, it was October and he was like, Oh, you know, I I should make all these changes. I'm just going to wait till January 1st. (laughs) And I stood up, I was like, what? That is so far away. Like you already know. <laughs> and yet you're just going to put it because it really is. I mean, yeah, we're looking at like two full months. And I just have this mental picture of like those little Halloween bags of M&Ms and those just being <laughs> like the catalyst. Like yeah. once you open yep. that little oh, mini bag of M&Ms, like, and we all know like that this time of year, it's like time moves at warp speed. Things just yes. go so fast, fast and there's just so much going on. So it is, I mean, it's, it's year after year. I I hear the exact same stories, but I hear them in retrospect. I hear them when I'm talking to women in January and I'm, you know, I'm happy. Of course, I love, you know, everyone is really excited in January to get healthier and lose weight. And I'm happy to help people then. But when I think, gosh, like, why are we doing this year after year? What can we do to break this cycle? It really is realizing that, okay, this is about to happen. So how do we prevent this? How do we, you know, be a little bit proactive? So instead of just, you know, realizing we're in the middle of it, you know, in December and saying, gosh, really, there's no use. We're getting out ahead of it a little (laughs) bit and seeing what's about to happen. Yeah, no, I agree. Hey, you guys, as we talk about why it matters in regards to what we put in our bodies, have you ever thought about what we put on our bodies? Our skin is the largest organ and it absorbs whatever we put on it. So Remiverse is more than just moisturizer and anti-aging serums. They care about what their ingredients are and all their ingredients are made in the United States and are affordable. So their goal from the beginning was clear to match or exceed the quality of the most expensive skincare brands on the market, then make these winning products affordable for everyone. So by combining the richest, most effective ingredients, which is hyaluronic acid, vitamins, and peptides with the fewest non-essential ingredients, 
they have been able to create an exclusive skincare system that is second to none. So I couldn't be more proud to be part of such an amazing company that is local to Franklin, Tennessee. So if you guys want to find out more information on these amazing products, or if you would love to try a spa box sample that comes with a mask, a cleanser, day and night cream at no cost, then head on over to mominspiredshow.com forward slash beauty. Now let's get back to the show. And one thing that um, I had saw in your notes before we had, uh, before we did this recording is, you know, being called to be good stewards of our bodies. So um, I think sometimes that feels so abstract. You're kind of just like, what does that mean? Does that mean I need to be super fit? Does that mean I need to be a size two? I don't know. And then you, I think sometimes then you deal with perfectionism and then you're just kind of like, well, I can't get there. So who cares? And then, um, but I do think it is really important. So what is your thoughts around this and why you do feel it's so important? Yeah. I mean, I think that we're, you know, we're called to be good stewards of our bodies, not only because they're a gift from God, but because that when we take good care of ourselves, right, we're in the best place physically, mentally, and emotionally to do the work that we're sent here to do. Um, and, you know, no matter what, like, I don't think, I don't think God cares what, you know, what size pants you wear. I certainly don't care, you know, what size pants everyone wears, but I do care about, you know, your energy and how you feel about yourself when you wake up in the morning, because all of those things in impact the way that you are, you know, living out your purpose. I really think that we're all, you know, we all have unique talents. We all have unique abilities, whether you're a stay at home mom or you have this huge career, you know, no matter what you do with the hours of your day, um, you know, you really, if you ignore basic nutrition, you're, you're only getting in the way of your own health and happiness. Um, so that's why I feel like it's, you know, it's really important to, to take care of this body that we've been given, not Mm -hmm. because, your pant size matters, but right? Because so it does impact the way you feel. Yeah, I agree. And just going back to the perfectionism, I really do feel like people just are kind of like, I can't get there. So I'm just going to throw in the towel. So I think this is where this comes in really handy that you have five simple steps to help counter the holiday weight gain. Um, so how about you share with us what those are? Yes, absolutely. So, and I think it's important to remember too that holiday holiday weight gain, it's not the result of one big meal, right? It's not just because of Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner. It's really the sum of all of the small choices and the little decisions we make between Halloween and New Year's. And, you know, we've got We've got shorter days, right? So we're not probably not getting out outside as much. We're not as active as the days get shorter. We've got a ton of stress going on at this time of year, which plays a big role with our hormones and our satiety signals and our hunger signals and our hormones. Um, stress impacts all of those things. And just as working moms and you know moms in general, we've got just so many more things that are falling um, under our responsibility. So, you know, the cards are definitely stacked against us. So I do have five tips for, um, you know, for kind of getting out ahead of that. And the first is to start your day sugar-free. And it's really important to pay attention to your breakfast because it sets the metabolic tone for your day. So especially as all these little events start, you know, popping up, we've got these parties, we've got these, um, you know, gatherings with friends, we've got all these little things. Um, And, you know, sometimes we're indulging and we want to indulge, right? So one of the ways that you can make sure that at the start of every day, you're starting your day on the best foot is just to make sure that you're pulling anything that's sweet out of breakfast. Um, Our culture has kind of made breakfast like another dessert, right? If you look Mm, at the foods that are marketed, right? right? And even with things like oatmeal, right? They're, you know, piled with fruit and drizzled with honey. And we've got smoothies that are like, you know, two bananas and a mango. So sweet, right? (laughs) waffles and sweetened cereal. And it's, it's really become like the second dessert. Um, so starting your day with more savory options or just pulling the fruit and the sweetness out of your breakfast, it helps to regulate your blood sugar. And that's going to help you all day long. If you start your day with sweets, especially when during this time of year, when those are just around a little bit more and we're Mm going to indulge a little bit more, it just starts you on that blood sugar roller coaster from the very start of your day. So when I say, when people are like, what does that even mean? Start your day sweet sweet free. 
Um, like that would be, you know, sweet coffee creamers, you know, just pulling those out, just go with a plain coffee creamer for the next couple months. Um, if you do smoothies for breakfast, making sure that you're keeping your fruit to a quarter cup or even doing fruit free smoothies. I have a ton of smoothie recipes that don't have mm. any fruit at all that are really good. Um, you know, eggs and sausage and veggies, all of those for breakfast, just sticking with a more savory palate. And that's going to, um, going to help you with your blood sugar all day long. And I think also that mentality, you're not thinking like, oh, well, I'm not going to have the cookies at all, but it's just, you know, you're not going to wake up for breakfast and have the leftover pie or the leftover Christmas cookies, right? Right. You're yeah. at least, it's not, it's not restriction. It's not never, but it's just, okay, I'm intentionally starting my day without sugar. So I'm curious, do you drink coffee? I, okay. So that's an interesting question right now because I am a hardcore coffee lover and okay. I gave up coffee for the entire summer, which mm. I never thought I would be do. able to yeah. do. Um, so I have recently reintroduced decaf. So I'm now a decaf <laughs> coffee drinker. <laughs> I've taken coffee out too, um, just to help my adrenals and stuff like that. And um, I truly do miss coffee and stuff like that. It feels, I don't know, like I literally would see people holding coffee cups or I would see coffee cups on TV and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I so want coffee. You know how some people react to like a red Coke can or uh -huh. a, if people are Diet Coke people and they see, they the, you hear that flick of the can opening and people are just like, oh, that's me with coffee cups. I don't care what is even in the car. It could be black coffee, even, even though that's not what I want to drink. Just seeing yeah. somebody, because I think there's such um, an emotional attachment to coffee. Like, I don't know what it is that <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I just want coffee. So I'm curious what made you quit coffee for the summer? Um, exactly what you said, just oh, yeah. adrenal issues yes, and yeah. wanting to be aware of that. And I usually, you know, I think coffee is fine for most yeah. people, but mm -hmm. I do recommend and you know, for my long-term clients, I say, try to give it a, a break for one month a year, just to allow your body to have that mm -hmm. little reset. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I usually do every summer. Like for the month of August, I give up coffee. And this year, like I just had a couple health things that were kind of nagging at me. Yeah. And I just knew, I was like, you know what? I need to do it for a little bit longer because I can white knuckle a month. Right. I can just yes. like get through a month. Right. I was like, you know, let's just do it for three months and <laughs> I can always reassess. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's how long, that's how long did you see, how long did you feel sad for? <laughs> I was so sad. I was sad before for like the three weeks before leading, knowing, knowing that you were giving it up, leading yes. up knowing yep. I was going to give it up on June yeah. 1. And then as I was like weaning myself, yep. you know, and having yep. this like small little tiny, like I was yep. seriously pouty and sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then once I did it, I was like, you know what, this is, this is fine. <laughs> <But> was, <laughs> I was very sad. And yes, I would go to the grocery store and just like walk in the coffee aisle and just like breathe it in. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. There's something about coffee. If you love it, it's very hard to let it go and, and whatnot. But okay, so going back to the sweetener stuff. So mm -hmm. during your coffee days, um, what do you what do you drink in it? So are you just drinking creamer, like you said, like, so if you're using half and half, if you're using dairy, or just whatever, like coconut milk or almond milk, but don't put any sugar or anything in it is what you're saying. Yes. Yep. Okay. I would say avoid the sweetener because even when it's just a little bit, it still lights up those areas of our brain and, you know, sweet begets sweet. Like the more sweetness we have, the more we crave it. So yep. it's one of those things. And people are kind of like the least attached to breakfast, especially yes. as moms. It's usually a very busy time of day. Mm -hmm. So if you can just get through, you're not, you know, you're not like I have a hard time even telling you what I had for breakfast this morning. Right. Cause it's yeah. just, you know, kind of right, a just blur. Busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I do like, I do, um, just canned coconut milk in my coffee. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. like full fat coconut milk, yep. but, um, yeah. Califia, if you're wanting to like buy something from a store, um, Califia farms, they make okay. a really good, like almond milk, coconut milk creamer. And they have, um, a bunch of unsweetened options that have, you know, like vanilla or hazelnut, but they're still unsweetened. Oh, they're in those pretty bottles, aren't they? Yes, um, they're like they white they're in a pretty, pretty shape. Pretty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, can you spell that? Do you know how to spell it? Yes, it's okay. C A L I F I A. Okay. Yeah, because I could see people being like, what is she even saying? Um, yeah. It took me a minute. I was like, I don't know this. And I'm like, wait, my brain had to scan the uh, the refrigerator in the stores. And I'm like, oh, I know what she's saying. So um, this is probably what people might be thinking too. Okay. So I'm fine as a mom. I can get by with that. But what do you feed your kiddos? Like, especially your young one, like what, what are you feeding them to get them away from, you know, the sugar? And I'll have to, and I have to say this. So 
everyone in my family likes eggs, but my four-year-old. She, we have tried and tried and tried, and she just won't have, she hates the smell of them. She's just like, even when we're eating them around her, she's just like, oh, plugging her nose. She just doesn't like it. And it's a food that like, I can tell, this is how I know that she really doesn't like it because I always said to her, okay, well, you can't watch your show. And she's like, okay. Which she would never pick that. So I'm like, you know what? She really doesn't like this. So I don't think I'm going to push this because she truly does not like it. And so what what are some options that you would say, let's feed the kids, this, especially if they don't eat eggs, but do your kids eat eggs? Is that what you, eggs? <laughs> yeah, my my kids are so funny. It's always two out of three will like something. Yeah, yeah, two, right, out of, yeah. two out of three like green beans. Two out of three like zucchini. And it's never the same. Like there's always oh, one yeah, of them. Right. There's one person to... who's always out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Um so for my kids for breakfast, we try to do kind of one, I think about it as like one carbohydrate and one protein. So they're usually having kind of two little things for breakfast. So and they're all on a sausage kick right now. So we'll get the like Adele's organic chicken sausage. Oh the big ones, and, right? Um yes. And yeah. we they'll usually have like half of one of those or my oldest will eat a whole one. So we just like chop those up and heat them up real quick on a pan or they will do eggs or they will all do protein smoothies. So I'll usually just make like a big smoothie in the morning. And I mean, they, they love all, um, I'll do like a peanut butter chocolate banana smoothie for them and throw in a handful of spinach and, um, and that's, they'll usually all drink that too. And then for kind of the carb portion, they're Mm -hmm. usually having a bowl of cereal and we try to keep it, you know, like, um, you know, like just plain Cheerios, not the honey nut or rice krispies (laughs) or like it's a special occasion if they get like the Enviro we, kids, sweetened we, cereal. We balance. <clears throat> we, yeah. we mix ours. So <laughs> it was idea. like, yeah. yeah. And that might be a way for people who are, you know, eating all, I'll say honey nut Cheerios that, to start morphing. So I like put it in a container and then I kind of shake it up. So um, I don't know, instead of just trying to go cold turkey with your kids being like, here's the plain Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's such a good idea. Yeah. yeah. And they'll do... Um, They'll do like waffles um, and we'll put some peanut butter on it or they'll do oatmeal. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. And then we also, especially with like the fall weather, my kids get really into baking. And so on the weekends, we'll make a big batch of muffins, like pumpkin muffins or banana muffins. And so then they'll have one of those in the morning. So that's kind of what our go to. Maybe we can direct some of these recipes um, to the show notes um, when you and I get off. Cause I think some people would love to see like, do you have that, those recipes on your website? Speaking of that, I, I know. don't have, okay. I don't have, I have a ton of I'm like, Lindsay, get them up so you can direct them to my <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yes. I have a ton of smoothie recipes, oh, but smoothie. for okay. the muffin ones. Okay. Yeah. So we really love this simple mills muffin mix. Oh, and they're made out of almond flour. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get those like we order them online from Thrive Market or just at Sprouts or Whole Foods. They have those Um, or we'll use um, our family's gluten free. So we'll use the Bob's Red Mill gluten free muffin mix. And we can, we'll like add pumpkin to that or add banana to that. They have a bunch okay. of different like options on that or we'll add some blueberries or something. Um, so yeah, that's kind now, of, those are the, two of our go-tos. So for the kids smoothie, the chocolate peanut butter, but are you putting in a protein powder? Is that what you're doing? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I do. And my What's kids your favorite really for like, kids? So my kids really like the, um, the Vega protein oh, yeah. and greens, mm-hmm. which we get from Costco. Mm-hmm. Yep. They really like that one. It's a little, um, it has, a, it's just a little sweeter. And I think the texture is not as grainy as some of the other ones. Um, so they, I mean, they don't mind that in there at all. And then I do unsweetened almond milk and I'll do that. And then I'll do some just like unsweetened cocoa powder in it to make yep. it chocolate. And then I'll put like a big scoop of peanut butter in there and okay. then a frozen banana. Okay. Um, that's yeah. Good. And my kids, I mean, you know, with kids, like you're, they're, they're only going to sit at the table for so long and yeah. the goal is to like get as much like nutrition in their mouth. Yeah, as exactly. So like I load up the calories in that smoothie. Like it's a big scoop of peanut butter. Um, okay. And then, you know, I'll put a handful of um, spinach in there, which they can't even taste. They can't even see. Right. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, so they're getting good, healthy fat, good protein, a little bit of fruit and between the, the banana and the protein powder, it's totally sweet enough for them. And that, and that is filling, like that's all they would have if they had the protein shake or would they eat something else? No, they'll usually have something else when okay. they're at the table. It just depends. Um, and a lot of times like I'll make a big smoothie and put them all in like a shaker bottle for them that has a lid that closes and they'll mm-hmm. have some with their breakfast, you know, with their eggs or with oh, their yeah. cereal, or whatever yeah. they're having. And then they put it in the fridge and then they have it when they get home from school. Oh, like, that's a good idea. 
Okay. All right. So we're going to move. I could keep talking to you about this, but I'm, I'm realizing like, well, we only have so much time. Um, yeah. So, okay. So the next one, your next simple step is getting 10 minutes of exercise every day. What does this look like to you, Lindsay? Okay. So, and one of the reasons why I say every day and I, then I make the, the bar very low, right? Like 10 minutes, because this is the busiest time of year, honestly. And so rather than thinking, well, I, you know, if I don't get to my hour long CrossFit class, then, you know, I will just do nothing at all. It's so much easier to say, okay, minimum 10 minutes every single day. And, um, you know, exercise, it's important, not because you can out eat a bad diet or you're just going to like work hard so you can eat whatever you want, but exercise makes you feel good and it makes you feel good about yourself. And you're more likely to make good food decisions if you Mm -hmm. also made that self honoring choice and connection with your body through exercise. Um, And then also exercise, it helps balance blood sugar, right? And all of this around the holidays, it all has to do with all these extra sweets. And so managing blood sugar is going to help you feel so much better. It's going to help you make mindful choices. So you're not just diving into that candy bowl because you can't, you feel like you can't resist. Um, And then that especially if you can get that workout in at the beginning of the day, it really does. Again, just like having that sweet free breakfast, it can really help set the tone for your day. Um, And it's not, again, it's not like in the morning or not at all, but 10 minutes is kind of a reasonable amount of time. Like that's what I honestly, that's what I did this morning is I set a timer for 10 minutes and I ran up and down the stairs. I did 10 pushups. I did 10 sit-ups, 10 lunges, 10 jump squats, and then repeated that until the timer went off. Um, Yeah. That's such a good idea. Yeah. So, um, just setting the bar low, making sure, you know, you don't have to get to the gym. You can wake up and do it in your pajamas, but just getting a little bit of intentional exercise in every day really helps at this time of year. And then if you do wind up being able to hit your yoga class or, you know, make it right, to the gym for bonus. an hour, mm-hmm. then it's bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least you've got that little win in yep. your back pocket. It's a funny story. You're talking about pajamas, but I was on my treadmill. I could not find my my tennis shoes. I thought they were downstairs, and this why I was in my slippers. But I was in workout clothes, and so I got on the treadmill. And my husband's like, "Why are you on the treadmill with your slippers?" I'm like, "Because I couldn't find my shoes, and the girls are getting up in 12 minutes." I'm like, "So I just had to start walking." <laughs> I mean, I couldn't go the same um, incline on it with my slippers because they don't have the support. And so they're like moccasin slippers. So it's like a firm yeah. bottom, but still. So it's really funny. I it was, And so he, he was just saying, like, I, I have this mindset that really is kind of like really trying to not be a perfectionist about things and just doing it. Um, and so that was me just doing it because if I would have searched for my shoes then I knew that I was going to have less time in the treadmill before they came down. So I was just like, I, ju- I just got to get on with my my slippers. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I totally love it. Like what you're saying with your pajamas and stuff like that. Um, do you feel like our heart rates need to get to a certain level? Or do you just feel like if you just get a walk, that's good? I, I think that something is better than nothing. And I think it's if you pick something that you love or you actually enjoy doing, you're more likely to actually do it. And I feel like at this time of our lives and as moms, those things are more important. Like actually doing it is more important than getting it perfect and getting that, you know, perfect interval or that perfect heart rate. And of course, the more, like if you want to know most effective, it's going to be those intervals, right? Where you're working so hard that you are at a pace you can't maintain for very long, right? Like if you can sprint up and down the stairs for a minute, but you couldn't do that for 10 minutes, right? Like you're, you're just going all out and then you're letting that heart rate come down. And then again, working hard, coming back down. And I mean, you could do that outside with sprinting. You could do that on an exercise bicycle, but those intervals are really powerful. And then also any kind of strength training is really great for blood sugar because our bodies, we store blood sugar in our muscles. So when you're able to do some push-ups and squats and lunges and things like that, it just helps to create space in your muscles to store more glucose, which allows us to, you know, have that space to indulge a little bit. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that is good information to remember. So we have about 10 minutes left. So I know we have three more bullet points and then I'm going to pick your brain about your um, daily routine and what that looks like. So the third one is decide ahead of time what to do with food gifts. So that is very interesting. So what is your thoughts on that? Yes. So, and I know that this doesn't necessarily apply to everyone, but it certainly applies to me in my life. And I hear this from so many people. They're like, but what about all those cookies or, you know, that special pie or like we have an aunt that sends peanut brittle every year. 
Um, so I think it's really helpful to just make that decision ahead of time before it is, you know, being handed to you before it's sitting there on your kitchen counter. What do we do with food gifts? And my husband and I talk about this. Um, so, and just making a decision that you feel good about. Um, so like, I personally have a problem with throwing food away, right? Mm-hmm. Like, especially if someone makes you something, yeah, like, you just want to toss it in the trash. And the love. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. The time and the love. So I think, you know, I, I really believe in like the truly thanking people for what they've given you, you know, like looking them in the eye, writing them a thank you note. Like that's the whole point, right? They want to bless you in this way and you want to show gratitude for what they've given you. You don't have to eat that entire plate of cookies just because they made it for you. Right. Um, But so our kind of strategy in our house is we keep the enemy out of the house. So if mm. someone gives us something, we, um, we have a couple different options. One is we have a lot of homeless people in Pasadena. Mm. So we'll just like keep it in our car. We hit that street oh, corner, yeah. roll down the window and then, you know, and give it to someone That's who's nice. really going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, one of our other strategies is that we, um, we'll take it like my husband will take stuff to work, work he's a big right. office, you know, plenty yep. of people. And same thing with me. Like I can take it yes. into the gym and, you know, maintenance and housekeeping, they're going to eat it. So, and what is helpful for me and honestly, like I, I'm like, just take the decision out of it. Do not put it on your counter and then be forced with that, you know, to use willpower and make that decision every time you walk by it. Like, right. am I going to take a bite? Am I not going to take a bite? So we just put it in our cars, like put it in on the front seat of your car. And then that way it's out of mind, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And it's unless you're sitting at a light the next and then day. you're, yeah. and, or then you're like that peanut brittle looks really good. <laughs> you can like smell it. <laughs> I don't know. That might not be a good option for somebody. Be like, you need to put it in your trunk, yeah, <laughs> where you can't see it, back. and you cannot reach far back there when you're sitting in a light. No, I, I think that's awesome. So let's hit the last two. So the um, fourth one is eat before you go. Don't show up hungry. So yeah. what is your thoughts with that? Yeah. So a lot of times we end up making poor food decisions because we show up to a party starving. Right. Um, and I just had a client tell me this the other week that they, you know, got to this dinner and was supposed to start at six and they didn't even feed them until eight. And, you know, she's like, I ate my bread basket and my husband's. Um, so just having a little bit of something before you go, um, a little bit of protein, a little bit of healthy fat or veggies, like I'll do some deli turkey with some guacamole in, or just a handful of almonds, or even just a mini protein shake. Like if my clients who are going from work to a party, I say, put a scoop of protein powder in a shaker bottle. You can add some ice water. And then you're walking into that party with 10 to 20 grams of protein in your belly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times we make these poor food decisions at social gatherings because there's a little bit of social anxiety, right? Like we want to be doing something with our hands. We want to look busy. We want to, you know, we're not trying to think about all these people that we don't know and having to be, you know, social and mingle. Mm -hmm. So if you go into that kind of a situation, you've got just a little protein in your stomach. Protein is really calming. So it's going to give you that opportunity and that space to look around and make a good food decision. And then, you know, you can always make the decision later to eat a little bit less of what's on your plate. But if you go in and you're starving, you are, you know, all bets are off. You're going to surely wind up making decisions that Mm. later you look back on and say, yeah, I probably did not need to eat all of that. Right. Exactly. And I do, I've noticed that with protein, like doing a protein shake before you go somewhere, it kind of really takes that edge off that you don't feel like, Oh, I need to just like eat everything in sight and kind of mm-hmm. like what your client was saying about the bread basket. So this kind of leads me into the last one, which I do think eating the protein would actually help you do this rule. So the three bite rule. So yes. share with us what that looks like. So, and this is great for those occasions when you're really going to offend someone, right? Who's made something special just for you, or it's like, you know, a really special occasion thing, like your grandmother's apple pie that she just makes once a year. Um, this does not apply to things like holiday M&Ms that just because they're red and green, <laughs> doesn't mean like that's yeah. not, you can get those anytime during the year. Um, so, and I say three polite bites. So they're, you know, they're not the kind of bites that you would take in front of the fridge in the middle of the night, like those, right. you know, those big ones, they're real, you know, and just knowing if you know, okay, I'm only going to have three bites of this cheesecake. It kind of forces you to slow down and chew slowly and really savor. And no one's going to be offended if you take right. three bites of exactly. something and then put your fork down. And most of the time people have not noticed. They yeah, just they're not feel appreciated. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're eating their own thing. 
Like you're exactly. not usually looking yeah. at you. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. So Lindsay, we're almost at the end of the show. And I did want to ask you though, what does your day look like when it comes to eating? And you know what came to my mind, even though we're tight on time, I'm curious to what you put in your lunch, in your kids' lunches, because I do think people really struggle with that, especially if they're just like, ah, so I'm curious. So if you can walk us just through your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, if you have snacks, and then maybe one idea for um, the kiddos lunch. Yes. So normally I start my days either with a smoothie um, and I will send you a link. I've got a ton of smoothie recipes on my website. Perfect. I have a whole free smoothie guide. Um, lindsaylivewell.com forward slash smoothie. That's got 16 recipes so people can go download those. So I either do a smoothie, which is great for when I'm like busy and racing out the door, or I'll do a couple eggs over leftover veggies because I'm always roasting big batches of veggies throughout the week. And that's a really great way to just get protein and some good fiber in. Um, and that's really easy. And then for lunches, um, a lot of times I do dinner leftovers that I just reheat and can pack with me. Um, or I will do, I really love <clears throat> using big collard green leaves and putting mm. sandwich stuff. Like they're really sturdy leaves. Oh, um, and yeah. I'll just put whatever I would put in a sandwich in there. So I'll toss a bunch of like deli turkey in there and maybe some cut up cucumber and some hummus or avocado or pumpkin seeds or whatever I would put like on a sandwich or in a salad. I just put it in one of those wraps. Um, and I've taken those, you know, like to the zoo and place, I'll just like wrap it in saran wrap yes. and it'll hold yeah. well. Um, or I'll do like a yogurt. I'll use a, an almond milk yogurt. Kite Hill has a really great almond oh, yeah. milk yogurt and mm -hmm. I'll do like a yogurt parfait and I will do those assembly line style on Sunday. I'll make three of them and I put some protein powder in there and some chia seeds and, um, maybe some blueberries and some almonds and just mix those up. And then I have them for three days in a row. Nice. Um, and then dinners we do. So I normally only cook three nights a week. I usually will cook on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and then make big portions so that we have enough for leftovers. And then we eat out one night. That's kind of our normal strategy. So, um, and I usually do just some kind of combination of um, a protein and some veggies. So maybe I'll do, you know, we'll do like taco night and I'll do a bunch of ground beef and bell peppers and onions and put some spinach in there. And then, you know, for the kids, we can wrap it in tacos and I can put mine right. on lettuce or over yep. cauliflower rice. Um, or we'll do, you know, I'll take like traditional favorites, like, um, you know, like spaghetti and my kids will do like gluten-free rice pasta. And then we'll put like the, you know, the marinara sauce and the mm -hmm. meat on top of that. And then for us, we'll do zucchini noodles or carrot noodles or something like that. So those are some of our go-tos. Yeah. What, um, and, do you, then, and do you snack at all? Um, no? I do. It depends if there's a long gap between meals. Um, I mean, so what I teach my clients is that your meal should last you four to six hours. Mm. So if you eat and you're hungry two to three hours later, it means you didn't eat enough or you had too much carbohydrate and sugar in that meal. So what you're oh, feeling is that, that yes. blood sugar crash, which yep. we misinterpret that for hunger. So, you know, I kind of teach first, like go back and look at what you ate. How can we change those meals so that you are elongating that blood sugar curve? Um, but when I do snack, um, I always, pair, you know, if I'm going to have some kind of carbohydrate, I always pair that with a fat or protein. So sometimes we'll just do like a handful of cashews or almonds. Um, I really like those little seaweed packs, like those sea oh, yeah. snacks. I know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. a lot. Yep. Uh, or like an apple and some almond butter, but just always yeah. making sure that I'm not having a carbohydrate by itself. Like I'm not just having the apple and having that with some almond butter. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. And then yep. moving on to the lunch as we close for the kids. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> yes. So, okay. One thing I think is important to remember with lunches for kids is if the worst thing that happens in their life is that they have some repetition, like their lunches like, doesn't have a lot of variety, right. that's okay. Like there's yeah. all this pressure to create these Pinterest worthy lunches. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. like, you know, my husband and I both work full time. We don't have time for that, right. um, but we do make our kids lunch every single day. So we really, again, we're gluten-free. So we love the Canyon Bakehouse gluten-free bread. It is so good. It tastes mm. just like regular bread. So our kids usually do a sandwich with that. Um, and then like one of my kids goes to a nut free school. So we do sun butter for him. So oh, they gosh, do some yeah. kind of a sandwich and then they <laughs> will do, um, we have like, we always have ham and salami and turkey. So they'll do some kind of deli meat. Sometimes mm -hmm. they'll do a cheese stick in there too. Um, we always have fruit. So they'll do like cantaloupe or strawberries or, um, yep. pears or whatever we have off some kind of fruit, some kind of veggie, it's usually cucumbers or carrots or both. Mm -hmm. um, the ones who don't go to a nut-free school will put like some pistachios in their lunch or some cashew. They do applesauce pouches. Yes. Um, 
So yeah, those are some of our go-tos, like little trail mixes. Do they ever want chips or anything like that? Or do you, are they like so far away from that? Because here's the thing too, because I feel like my, especially my second grader, she sees other kids eating different things and like, and she's like, oh, that looks yummy and all that. So like, how do you kind of counter that to, Mm. you know, have you had to deal with that or do they seem content with what they're eating? No, we absolutely deal with that. And I, um, I could talk all day about this, but I okay. really don't want my battles with my kids to be about food. Yeah. I really like, I don't want them to feel like when they leave my house, they are just going to rebel and right. all they want to do is go to their friend's house because to they eat get to that have food. Right. X, yeah. Y, and Z mm-hmm. over there. So really what we, the perspective we try to have is we want to just teach them, you know, the way that you feel your body, the food that you eat, it impacts the way that you feel. Sure. So when you have that Gatorade after the soccer game, and then you have a tummy ache, you know, mm. well, what do you think that was from? Or how do you feel after you have that? So that's kind of like the base of what, I like that. Yeah. Like they're going to eat, they're going to eat all the things and they can eat those things and feel like they have to hide them from us right. and feel guilty about it. Or we can just have a discussion about it because yeah, ultimately I want them mm-hmm. to go out into the world as adults yeah. who just know that they have a choice and that the food choices that they make yes. matter. Um, yeah. so we just, we don't buy those things. So right. they're gonna, I mean, they have them at birthday parties and my sure. middle child is a way more rebellious than my oldest. Like my oldest, when they have <laughs> treats at school, yeah. like he's telling mm-hmm. me this the other day, he's like, mom, everybody in class got candy for this, you know, reward, but yeah. I chose an eraser instead. And I'm like, of, of course you did Corbin. Like, that's so his personality. <laughs> yep. My daughter, on the other hand, we got a call from school because she was sneaking into the cafeteria and using someone else's card to buy a school lunch because (laughs) she sees these other kids and she's like, but mom, I really want to eat that. So Mm -hmm. she is, you know, it's going to be a different approach with her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're like, I, I would rather sit down like, okay, well, let's look at the calendar. Let me give you your own money. So you're not <laughs> stealing, you know, yep. stealing. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a whole other issue. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> like let's pick one day a month where you buy school lunch and let's plan it ahead of time. And, yeah. I like that. You know, it's like her cheat meal for the month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it. a different approach for every yeah. kid, but for exactly. sure, like we just try to take some of those maybe non-healthy foods and mm-hmm. just how can we upgrade them? Like, okay, we're going to buy gluten-free pretzels. We're going to buy organic tortilla chips. We're going right. to, you know, just try to upgrade them a little bit and then make sure that we're having the conversations about, okay, well, yeah, you want to have chips for a snack, but what else can we have with that? Can we yeah. also have a handful of cashews? So no, those, those are good ideas. Uh, they're great. And did you say the bread was called Canyon Bakehouse? Yes. Canyon okay. Bakehouse. And we get it at Sprouts. They have it at Whole Foods. Okay. You know, I mean, it just depends where you live, but it's like okay. legit the best gluten-free bread ever. Yeah. And they have hamburger buns and hot dog buns and bagels and okay. Yeah, I'll have to look it's into a, that. Yeah. It's really good. It's really That's good. Awesome. Well, Lindsay, as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media and or your website? Yeah. So my website is lindsaylivswell.com. And then I hang out mostly on Instagram. So that's at Lindsay and that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y dot lives dot well. Um, And then I also have, I put together um, a seven day meal plan for your listeners. So I know you'll include the link there and that's at lindsaylivesweltcom slash inspired. Um, And that's got breakfast, lunch, and dinner for seven days. Plus, you know, all the, the step-by-step like, okay, while you're in the kitchen on Monday, if you prep this, that will save you time on Tuesday. Um, It's a really like practical week long plan. So it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. Um, And then there are also some snack recipes in there and there's a dessert and even a healthy cocktail. So I've got that all put together for your listeners and that, especially at this time of year to have a shopping list and have a meal plan. So you don't even have to think about it. I think that that's a great resource. Yeah, no, I greatly appreciate that. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I could, and I could honestly talk to you probably for another hour. Um, It's been so fun to have you here. Thank you, Amber, for having me. This has been great. Hey, you guys, would you like to have every podcast episode in your inbox on Tuesday? That way you don't have to go search for it or have to remember that, hey, a new Mom Inspired Show has aired today. You can have that. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com and subscribe. If you're looking at it on your phone, just scroll to the bottom, enter your name and your email. If you're looking at it on your computer, it's gonna be on the right-hand side. That way you won't miss an episode and I'm also gonna start including travel tips every week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week. 